0: Section thirteen of Good Morning Boys and Girls by Thomas J. Hosty. This Liberfox recording is in the public domain, recording by Maria Therese. A terrible kiss. Good morning, boys and girls. I have something very disagreeable that I want to talk to you about this morning. When I mention the subject, at first, you may not think it is so disagreeable. In fact, you may even consider it rather exciting until I explain exactly what I mean. "'This morning I am going to speak to you about spies. "'Some of you are probably thinking, "'What's wrong with spies? "'Our country uses them, doesn't she? "'Oh, it's true they use big words like "'counterintelligence officer, "'or secret service man, "'or espionage detail, "'or the slang term, cloak and dagger boy, "'but they all come down to the same thing, don't they? "'A spy is a spy, "'no matter what fancy or high-sounding "'or mysterious name you give to him.' what's the difference between one spy and another? There's all the difference in the world between one spy and another. If a man risks his life for his country, and his man has absolutely no reason to suspect that his country is not doing what is right, we should have the greatest respect and admiration for the courage and the patriotism of that man. And it's the truth that most of the great secret agents of our government never get enough praise for the good they do. This is not the kind of spy that I am going to tell you about. I have in mind a man like general benedict arnold whose name will be mentioned with shame as long as true americans review the history of their country general arnold as you all know from your study of history was a prominent soldier during the revolutionary war who sold out to the english but we don't have to go back 175 years for an example we've heard of some of the wrong kind of spies right here in our own time not too long ago, a man named Alger Hiss, a prominent member of our State Department, was convicted of perjury in connection with giving away some of our top government secrets to Russia. I am sure you're familiar with both that name and that case, because the newspapers devoted so much space to it. From time to time, the FBI turns up secret communists in our government plants and organizations who are doing their best to betray our country to Russia. Naturally, you and I and all real Americans become very angry at these men. Why? Because they are supposed to be American citizens. The United States goes to a great deal of effort and expense to see that their rights as human beings are always respected and protected. And then what happens? They turn right around and bite the very hand that is feeding them. But there are worse traitors than the commies, who are in some of our government jobs. I wonder if any of you boys and girls could give me the name of the person was undoubtedly the worst spy and traitor of all times. Yes, that is correct. Judas Iscariot, one of our Lord's Apostles, was certainly the worst of all spies. He is the only spy that I know of who has a day named after him. The day before Holy Thursday is known among Catholics as Spy Wednesday to commemorate Judas's betrayal of Christ. But why was Judas's betrayal such a terrible thing? Well, let's figure it out. Judas was absolutely a nobody when Christ picked him as one of his apostles. He was just a poor, ordinary fisherman, who could neither read nor write. For three long years he had the privilege of talking, walking, praying, and associating with our blessed Lord. He heard the great sermons which Christ preached. He saw him give sight to the blind. He witnessed him making the lame walk. He watched the lepers as they were cleansed of their terrible disease by Christ. He marveled at the thousands who were fed by Christ with only five loaves of bread and a few fishes. He was thrilled, together with the other apostles, when the Master raised the dead man to life, and he very likely heard many beautiful words of advice and counsel from our Lord. Christ gave him a special and important job when he made him the treasurer of the Apostles. He received his first Holy Communion from the hands of our blessed Lord himself at the Last Supper. He was ordained a priest by the great high priest himself. He, too, was given the tremendous power of changing bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. Yet, in spite of all these wonderful gifts from his perfect friend, Judas plotted with the Jewish priests to betray Christ, and finally he agreed to put Christ on the spot, for just thirty pieces of silver. Terrible as this all sounds, the worst was yet to come. Christ, because he was the Son of God and knew all things, understood that Judas was planning to betray him. He even knew when and where the attempt was to be made, and so he gave Judas a chance to straighten out the terrible mess into which he had gotten himself. He warned Judas during the Last Supper that he knew about his plans. He said publicly, in the presence of all his apostles, that one of them was preparing to betray him. He even gave Judas a special bit of food as a secret sign that he knew Judas was plotting against him. Nevertheless, Judas went through with his terrible bargain— He led the armed thugs and hoodlums, who worked for the Jewish priests, to the Garden of Olives, where he knew our Lord was praying. And then came the final touch. As a clear signal to the mob, so that there might be no mistake as to which of the men in the Garden of Olives was Christ, Judas walked up to our blessed Lord and kissed him. Judas made use of something which has always been looked upon as a sign of deepest love and friendship, to betray our Divine Lord. As he kissed Christ, he said, Hail, Rabbi, which means master. And so that there might never be any misunderstanding of the position which Judas held in our Lord's heart, Christ answered, Friend, whereto art thou come? Even while Judas was practically signing the death warrant of his best and truest friend, Jesus still called him friend. Boys and girls, there are many important lessons that you and I could learn from studying the words and actions of that terrible spy, Judas. For example, I might point out that serious sin is never worth the terrible price you have to pay for it. Look at Judas. What good did those thirty pieces of silver do him? He ended up by throwing the money back at the Jewish priests. Then he went out and hanged himself. Or I could ask you to learn the evil of avarice, which is just an unusual word for greediness. Getting money is not the most important activity in life. You need money to live, that's true, but never, never commit sin to get money. Take a lesson from Judas. Anything you buy with sin will never give you any lasting happiness. But there is one lesson which I insist that you get from our study of Judas, and that is the awful effect of serious sin. We condemn Judas, and rightly so, for his terrible crime. Yet remember this. Any time you commit a serious sin, you are acting like another Judas. You, too, are betraying your greatest friend with a slimy kiss of mortal sin. End of section 13